Today, I'm tackling the impossible, how to achieve scalable delivery that feels bespoke to your client. We'll look at ways to be fabulously flexible in how you create a blended modality for your programs and services, leveraging the common elements of what you do and layering client-specific needs on top. Be with you in a bit. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello and welcome back. Today, it's the final part of my three-part series on how to increase your consulting income without taking on more clients. I hope parts one and two gave you some insights and some ideas. I'd love to hear from you about any big aha moments for you. Just hit reply to any of my emails. And if you're not on our iSuccess mailing list yet, just head over to jallison.com and opt in for any of our free stuff or join the newsletter. And look, while I'm here, quick reminder that if you want to revisit any of the material covered in an episode, apart from when it's a guest interview, you can head over to the show notes page, jallison.com forward slash podcast. And then for any episode, you'll see there's a button to click to read as an article. Or you can go to my blog to find the written articles there with the transcripts, visuals and worksheets. Right, let's crack on. First, I'm going to summarise what we covered in parts one and two as a quick refresher, and then we'll dive straight into part three today. Although each part can stand on its own as a strategy, if you haven't listened to the first two parts, don't forget, or you'll only get a third of the approaches that I'm covering. In part one, I introduced the more for fewer hardline strategy and talked about four things you can focus on to leverage your client work. One was focus on doing fewer things for more clients. Two was focus on doing more things with your existing clients. Three was to focus on doing work at the top of the tree, the premium end. And four, focus on working in collaboration with others. Then in part two, we focused on the less is more velvet rope strategy, looking at choice, value and prices and how this impacts your sense of fulfillment and profits in your business, turning to creating more exclusivity in who you take on as a client. Well, today we're tackling a third way to increase your consulting income without taking on more clients. And that is to create a packaged premium program for something you do often and do well. It should be something you're super familiar with that you can build around a unique framework, methodology or curriculum and create a toolbox of approaches that you can then pick and mix so as to tailor it to each client's specific needs. This way you're able to leverage your time and energy with an out-of-the-box program that you can modify to a tailored proposal and deliver faster clients in what feels to them like a very high-touch, bespoke engagement. This totally beats the time and effort overhead of creating customised and time-consuming projects for every client or having an overly rigid offer. 
Working with clients, you want to attract the great clients and push away the not so great clients, right? And this is particularly the case for your high-end services and programs that we talked about last week, where the engagement is longer and the end result or gains you promise to deliver are more complex. In this episode, part three of how to increase your consulting income without taking on more clients, we're looking at the balancing act for profitability, scalability and sustainability. Let's kick off with three rookie mistakes that aren't scalable and create a lot of hassle and stress for you. The first is saying yes to everything. When you first get started as an independent consultant, coach or practitioner, you take on all and anything that comes your way. You get into a habit of saying, yes, I can do that, even if it means, one, that you have to spend a lot of time learning something new in order to do it justice, and two, that the client isn't really an ideal fit for what you do and how you work or what they need to do in order to get the results you promise them. Let's look at that first one, the client who wants something that isn't entirely in your wheelhouse, but close enough to think, I can do this if I research it a little and learn on the job. Not stressful at all, huh? Of course, you can tell yourself it's an investment for the next client who wants that same thing. And to an extent, you do get quicker at the research and you do build your knowledge and skills. And then doing the project, you increase your understanding of what implementing on the ground looks like, because that's the part that really gets the client the results, right? And while you bring in that one contract and earn some income, there's no real gain if you just learn and know more stuff over and over without leveraging it for other clients. What about the second reason why they're not ideal? That they're really not a great client. When you're open to anyone because you're simply chasing the money, Your criteria are they're interested and they're willing to pay. But while you're busy researching and learning how to do the work, you're losing out on work that you can do easily and quickly. And so you ignore all the danger signs. Things like you didn't really quite click, they were maybe a tad aggressive, they didn't approach the consultation with mutual respect, they had a long list of things they wanted or wouldn't be prepared to do, and they had a whole load of rules and procedures or hoops that they wanted you to jump through. These are all red flags to saying yes to work, that it's going to cost you time and lose you money. The second mistake and thing you should try to avoid is selling time. Now, if you're working B2B and selling into organisations, there is an element of that being understandable and necessary. The client appears to have all the power. It's on their dime and their time. But if the only thing your clients can buy is your time, you will never create freedom for yourself. Organisations, unlike individuals, have procurement policies and procedures they need to be compliant with. And some even have a cap on how much they'll pay consultants, a cap based on daily rate. The nature of an organisation's selection criteria may or may not be a system you agree with, so you have to decide if you're willing to play the game. For instance, in my consulting practice, when we tender for work, quite often you have to specify how many days of your time they will get. I find this quite a ridiculous criterion because in my experience, having people deliver things, the number of days is not a good metric for value for money. It's ironic since strategic planning, risk management and evaluation have been our main bread and butter for the last almost 15 years. I've personally done internal audits for organisations on managing procurement for contracting, outsourcing and hiring. So we're pretty clued up about value for money. Here's why number of days is a rubbish measurement. 
Some people will do things to the same quality in half the time of someone else. Others will take the same time and do it to double the quality. I also find it a bit crazy that I somehow have to explain that. But hey, that is the game in the corporate world. When I'm in a presentation or pitching a proposal, if we play the game to get that far, I may chance it to have a little discussion that time is not a great criterion, since something may take one day of my time because of my expertise and experience may take someone else two days or three, which means I can deliver more for the same number of days. So you're not comparing apples with apples and getting two days from them may not be comparative in cost effectiveness terms unless those days produce the exact same result. What if one day of my time produces better results than three days of someone else's time? What if it really helps to deliver the project faster? And even if we were twice as expensive as the other consultants, our proposal would be better value for money for the client, right? I think I'll talk more about that in a future episode that we've got planned on writing bids and pitching proposals. But for now, let's say you decide you don't want that hassle. You're not going to play the game. The key to achieving that freedom is a design wants deliver many online kind of product based on your expert system. And it creates a steady income stream and an automated marketing process for launching that product that generates income 24-7. So you're attracting only the business that is a fit for what you do. Now, the third mistake and thing you should absolutely stop doing is selling anything and everything. You don't attract a client and say, hey, I can do anything. You create a demand narrative. Danny Innie talks about this in his book, Effortless. And I talk about this in my book, Leverage Consulting as well. So it's nothing new, but you need a compelling or irresistible offer that has a beginning, middle and end. Uh, Where are you now? That's X. Where do you want to get to? That's Y. And how do you get there? So getting someone from X to Y is your offer. When we're looking at attracting great clients, you want to start with who they are and what they specifically want to do better, faster or differently. And you work backwards from there, a kind of reverse engineering. Get really specific about what you uniquely deliver. There's a wonderful quote from political strategist Linton Crosby, who said, when reason and emotion collide, emotion invariably wins. You persuade through reason, but you motivate through emotion. One of the most attractive things about consulting and coaching is it's very tailored to the client's needs and you want to get them excited about the impact that you're going to bring. So listen up, if you're wanting to avoid the three very unleveraged things a lot of us do when starting out, which often just becomes the norm and leads to overwhelm, stress and burnout, and that's to create a core signature program that you can adapt to each client's needs. And that's why next, let's look at creating a core plus bespoke offer. This may seem like a unicorn kind of offer, but hear me out. I've heard people say never underestimate the power of an insight. Well, equally so, I'd say never underestimate the power of a system. Your expert system is uniquely yours and it starts with who you serve, why, what and how. When you home in on one ideal client avatar, even when this is B2B rather than an individual persona, you target specific types of organization you can work best with, be that industry-specific, size, structure, location. And you might be looking to get into conversation with a specific role, the person responsible for a functional area that falls under what you do. 
for example, finance and resources, HR, IT, operations, organizational development. High-end services, that can be a consulting assignment, a coaching program, a specialist training, whatever is your offer, the thing that you do, it's always going to land best when it's not open-ended. The way you get them from X to Y, that's your unique methodology, how you deliver it. And in my book, I talk about leverage delivery in terms of the different ways you can deliver that X to Y outcome in flexible and leveraged ways. So it's scalable. Danny and E talks about both and to describe a hybrid model of delivery for online courses. For consultants and coaches, this can feel both familiar and new. For your clients, it's going to feel like they're getting assistance in a way that's both structured and bespoke, since you're able to tailor how you work with them to suit what they or their team need and how they want to work with you and in what time frame. Now, look, there is an argument against this. Some might call it pandering. So you need clear boundaries about how you want to work too. At the same time, you're learning what your clients need and can explore and negotiate if this is actually going to help or hinder your work together. And if it's actually going to help, maybe it's something you want to build into your core program. And while you're doing this, you'll find you're adding value, which means when you come back with your quote, you can justify the fee you're asking. And in the letter of engagement or proposal, you can show the breakdown and value for money of the core plus bespoke elements. So let's look at how you create, how you craft a wonderfully tailored yet realistically workable unicorn offer. You may have heard people talk about a signature program. Well, this doesn't have to be a course. It can be a system or a methodology that you take all your clients through. It allows you to leverage your time by having them work through some parts independently. For example, I have intake forms, worksheets, planners, and I ask people to collaborate across particular teams that need input into what we're doing. A client of mine calls it giving them their homework. I get them to collate key docs, curate materials, so we bring everything into focus, and I'll then facilitate a meeting or workshop or run a scenario planning exercise. And this is powerful stuff, and it's where you really stand in the value that you bring the client and where you're able to charge premium fees. It's also how you're able to differentiate what you offer, not only in the results that you deliver, but in the way you go about helping them achieve those results. It can often have a spin-off effect across the organization. Another way of putting it is that you're putting together resources, activities, and interactions in your unique way. Creating your signature program is like the backbone of what you do. It's the foundations of your core proposal. And then you can flesh it out with specific things that they need and particular nuances of how you work with them. What extras they need blending into the program of work. And this is what you build into the final proposal. The beauty of having one signature program is that you can leverage it in so many ways, turning it into multiple streams of income. A virtual workshop or webinar becomes the entry point to your signature work. You can use it as a pilot with your first clients on this system. It helps connect with the client and the people that you're working with really fast. They get to know you, like you, trust you and experience you and how you approach things. It also means you start to get known for something specific and your marketing becomes super clear and super targeted around what you do, who you do it for and why it's important. Everything you do leads to your one signature program. 
you want to set out a few foundations. What do you help your clients accomplish? What's the outcome they get from working with you? How would you articulate the outcome? What do you help them achieve? How would they describe what success looks like to them? If you've already worked with clients in your core area of business, you probably have this already articulated in testimonials, references or feedback that they've given you. Then you get into the nitty gritty of how many steps in your process. Keep it simple. Get down to the few steps that create wins for your client. Five steps is about right. Clients need help navigating information and ideas. It's not information that changes things for them. It's implementation and transformation. And sometimes when you boil the process down to five or so steps, it feels clear and manageable. The classic less is more applies. Another way to look at it is to do less, but really create a great experience and deliver an impactful and measurable outcome. Because to the client, that feels very high touch and special. And you only need to blend a little bit of that in to really make it feel different to what a lot of consulting companies will be providing. And you can get a lot of ideas looking at what does excellent service look like? Because a lot of that is around making the client feel heard, noticing things, making them feel special. And you can use these steps as your curriculum and structure for working with the client. You can also use it as a structure for organizing documents or workshop materials that you're collating, sharing and using across the program of work. They can go into a shared space. You can do a lot with Zoom, Google Docs and Drop Docs type tools. Keep the text simple. And if you're getting traction on this one signature way of working, make sure you trademark it as your methodology. Now, armed with this backbone program, your five steps, your expert methodology, your core curriculum, how do you make it bespoke? Well, there's a few things you can adapt to tailor how you deliver the program to each client. And we'll go through each of them. Number one is time frame. If the client wants the work done fast, sometimes you'd need to trim the steps from five maybe to three, or do a slim down version of each step in order to progress all that's needed. Or they may want to build in time to do internal work and ask you to expand the usual time frame. The second is modality. If the client has people in different parts of the country or world, you may need to vary the blend of in-person and online elements. You may need to work around specific access restrictions or policies. The third is additional modules or activities, the extras. The client may want to focus on a particular area of need and emphasize this in the program of work rather than across the dimensions that you cover in equal measure. Quite often this happens naturally as part of the initial inception. A fourth might be numbers, the group sizes, depending on what you're doing. If they want you to work with a larger group than you normally do, you might need to split them into two to three groups for some steps and join them back with an extra activity or have them do different things at different times. The added value you can bring is that you act as the facilitator, particularly if you're working across functional teams. Quite often, having an external consultant out is a means to forge collaborations that otherwise are proving difficult. And a fifth one is scope. That's quite standard when setting out consulting engagements and proposals. It determines the breadth and depth of the things that you'll do and deliver for the client. For example, you might do a mini round table or you could do a big 360 degree review. Obviously, it's going to take you a lot longer to organize and deliver those different things. You could include one to two staker groups or it might be that they want you to look 
broader across five or six stakeholder groups. So I hope this gives you some insights and gets your ideas flowing. If you're looking for big growth in your consulting, coaching and other practice-based business this year, or you know that you're gearing up for big growth, you may be starting to realize that working with a coach like me would be a really great way to support yourself through all of the steps. And if that's you, I'd love to hear from you. So let's have a conversation. Head over to jlsn.com contact page and book a strategy discovery session. There's a short application form and on our call, we can explore if we're a fit. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.